fifth year. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor James. I'm the pastor of Inglewood Church. And yeah, it's great to be partners in ministry, service, kingdom work together with, with Bethany Church. And both on the Bethany side and the English side with other congregations as well, right? We're, we're all one team. That's kind of the, the point here, right? Uh, I am preaching from Matthew 6, actually. Uh, Mark's one of my favorite books, by the way. I'll just tag in that. Um, in many ways, Jesus grabbed hold of my life through the Gospel of Mark. So I kind of, I almost want to just sort of extemporaneously just go with my Mark 6 and figure out what that, but we're not going to do that. We're going to stay with Matthew 6 this morning, which comes in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has given us his Beatitudes, his blessings. He's talked about how we misinterpret the law in Matthew 5, where we are apt to take a particular thing that we've heard and take it in directions that God didn't really intend. And we come to this where this part, uh, what's labeled in our Bibles as Matthew 6, chapters came a lot later. You all aware of that, right? The whole chapter verse thing is like, that's, that's not how it started out. When you get to this part in Jesus' message, his conversation there on the mountain with his disciples and the crowds, he's moving things more and more and more into connection and intimacy with God. In the same way that he said earlier, you've heard it said, you've written, you know, heard it said, you've, you've read what's been written, and you, you've kind of taken a little different direction. No, 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 no. You have a God who loves you. And so when you pray, here's how this ought to look. When you are in conversation with a God who loves you, this is what it should sound like. This is what it should be like. For any length of time, just wandering the halls, I, I really like kids. I really enjoy being with kids. If I'm walking and see a stroller going by, I just, I just smile. Like the dad's pushing the stroller and you're going like, I just, it just, I don't even have to think about it. I just enjoy the scene. I walk by a playground and the kids are going. I just, I just, I just feel good inside. I enjoy working with kids. And this has been a, a lifelong thing for me. Back when I was in seventh grade, I got tagged to go down to the second grade classroom. I was a K-8 school and help out with some of the second graders who were struggling with reading. And I just, I loved that, just being with them, reading with them, helping them, getting to know them. And that's continued on through my life. In college, I wangled a part-time job working at a preschool with four and five-year-olds. Uh, the Actually, three summers after I graduated from college with uh, the highfalutin degree, I worked at a summer camp, again, with four and five-year-olds. I ran an after-school program in Pomona, California for years. I just, I really enjoy kids. But when I became a dad, this took on a whole new level. It was completely different, and deeper, wider, stronger, to just experience that this is, this is my kid. Right from the moment of birth, knowing that this one is, is mine, and I'm glad that he's mine, that, that she's mine, I just everything in me just loves this little kid right there in a way that I've never loved any other child before. As much as I, I like kids and enjoy kids, there's a, a uniqueness to the, the father and, of course, mother, but I'm a dad, so I get to tell the dad side, uh, the father bond with 
a child. Which is, is where Jesus is going here, right? In inviting us to name God as Father as we come to our prayers. You, I don't really know your story very much, but just statistically in this room, there's a lot of folks here, right? A lot of us who have not had great relationships with our dads, either the whole time or parts of time, right? That just, that's just reality in a broken world. Again, statistically, I don't know a lot of your stories, but statistically, there's some folks here who've had horrific experiences with earthly fathers. But if we can think for a moment of a child with a reasonably good relationship with a parent, just a reasonably good relationship, how confident is a small child in her or his relationship with father or mother? question, right? Because the answer is that confidence isn't even begin to describe what that child experiences. It's all she knows. It's all he knows. There is no other reality beyond connection and security in this mother, this father, who cares for and provides for everything for, for him, for her, right? That's reality. Dad, mom, provide for me and love me. Moment among many, many others, but uh, there was the morning where uh, my daughter Dahlia, she was like three and a half or so, and uh, she came into the bed, which would happen in the mornings, and want to snuggle, which would happen in the mornings, and of course the answer is always, Daddy, do you want to snuggle? The answer, my answer is always, well, yes. And so we did, which lasted for, you know, if memory serves me, all of, you know, four or five seconds. Because um, three-year-olds, they just, they wiggle. That's, that's what they do. That, and, uh, but she, she snuggles in and, you know, clock's going. And then, but she, like, flips around and she grabs my face from both sides and pulls my face over to look at her. And she looks straight into my eyes. And she says, Daddy, let's look at each other and talk. And so we did, and I, you know, I, the memory of exactly what we talked about is, is a little fuzzy at that moment, but like, you know, princesses and whatever she was going to draw next, and probably we had some cats back then, and probably something she wanted the cats to do or didn't want them to do, or, right? But we just, we were together, and we were close, and we talked, and it didn't really matter what we talked about from my perspective as the dad, right? Like, I'm just enjoying the moment of communication, presence with my daughter, because I love her. And see, this is, for me, an image of the way we are invited to come to God. When Jesus says that, let's, let's pray like this, let's pray in this way, in this manner. And of course, we can use those exact words. We, Many of us probably have memorized the Lord's Prayer, right? 
And if you haven't, you ought to. It's a fountain of lifelong learning and conversation with God. But this is Jesus' invitation when he invites us to come to God and say, Our Father. To have that kind of freedom to just come and Daddy, let's look at each other and talk. And know that he welcomes us in because he's our Father and he loves us. Just evaporate. More our mindset, our, our heart set when we came into prayer. Whether it's the, the quick thoughts during the day as things happen or the set times, which, yes, by the way, are super helpful to have some set, regular rhythms and routines of prayer. But just as it was sort of a routine, uh, really, uh, for my daughter to come in and snuggle at you know, 7.15 in the morning. Uh, we can have rhythms and routines with God, but the heart attitude can still be just, Daddy, let's look at each other and talk. How amazing it is that we're invited into this kind of relationship to borrow from another gospel, and I, I try not to do this, but in this case, it's, it's helpful. To borrow from the beginning of the gospel of John, where John says, who, as many as were, were chosen, were given this, this right to be in this kind of relationship with God, to know God, to be children of God. You see, that little word, are, in front of Father, yes, it reminds us that we're not alone. We're part of a big family. It's not just my Father, it's our Father. That It's our Father who are alive now, and it's our Father, saints in eternal rest. It's our Father, whether we're rich or whether we're poor, whether we've just met Jesus three seconds ago, or whether we've lived our lives with him. He's our Father. But let's not miss this. That in this naming of, Jesus, of God, Father, as our Father, the eternal Son who became completely and fully human to be with us, fully God and fully human, simultaneously together as one person now. For eternity, by the way, Jesus is still a dude. is our older brother who whenever we doubt for whatever reason and we do we do doubt we doubt let's just acknowledge we doubt we lack confidence we have fear and trepidation See, this is why Jesus has, right before we get the Lord's Prayer, why Jesus has said, you don't need to be like those people who just kind of showboat. In fact, it's kind of counterproductive. 
right? Jesus doesn't really care how many scriptures are on your uh, Instagram, right? The Father is not into the fact that you have some Christian symbol on your American flag. Jesus is not, you know, the Father is not impressed by these things we do to try and show somehow that we're, we're on, on his team. He loves us. And this is why Jesus says, just ahead of, again, the Lord's Prayer, why we don't need to be worried about the length of our prayers. Don't be like all the other nations that pray. Everybody prays, right? Everybody prays. But don't be like the other nations that think that they're going to be heard because of the length of their prayer. Don't be like the others who think that you've got to get the right words, the right formula. You have to pray exactly this thing. And you know, there are religious systems out there that if you mess up like a syllable, I mean, literally, this is true. You mess up a syllable, you got to start the whole thing over again because it's not going to work. But that's not how it is with the Father who loves you. Brother, we can come to our Heavenly Father and simply say, Daddy, let's look at each other and talk. And whether that's in joy or whether that's simply collapsing because of the stuff that's going on, in heaven. He is our omnipotent, all-powerful Father. He is our Father who rules all things through his word. He cares for each of us every moment far better than I can care for my kids or you for yours or you, right? He's our Father in heaven. going to sink in a little more deeply every single day these days. Who's loved. And among folks who speak other languages, pop quiz. I don't know a lot of you. How many of you speak another language other than English, like, you know, or in the past studied enough to, like, realize that there are other ways of thinking and, you know, processing information? Okay, a few hands kind of, right, right? So um, I've learned a few over the years. Spanish is the only one I can speak at all well at this point. Um, but there's a, con there's a dialogue between uh, some of our, you know, Spanish-speaking friends, and, like, so what... What do you use with God? Do you use the formal word for you or the informal word for you? Do you use usted or tú? And so there's, you know, there's some dialogue back and forth of respect and whatever. And on the English-speaking language side, we've got the whole hangover, which for our generation and younger is kind of not a thing, but for older is a thing. Do you use the, thou, thy, or you, right? Like, do you need to be respectful for God, or can you be intimate with God in, in your language, right? Well, it turns out in the English language side, it's kind of an irrelevant question because uh, actually the thee, thou, thy language was the intimate language. 
The whole reason Quakers went full on, like we're not gonna use you because it's too formal, we wanna treat everyone like family, we're gonna say thee, thou, thy with everybody because we're gonna treat everybody like family. The whole point of in the older translations of, in English of the Bible that you always say thy kingdom come, thy will be done is precisely because that's how you speak intimately with a father who loves you. Thy kingdom was not distancing language. Thy kingdom was the language you used in the home. Covenantally connected with the language of love and affection. It's not stained glass. I mean, it feels that way to us nowadays, right? It's not stained glass language. It's the language we use with a father who loves us and actually reflected in the original translation before the language all moved and, you know, changed things around on us. We all are. There's enough going on in the world right now to crush anyone. on you in your own personal life, stuff from your past, things in the news, pressures of life in a broken world, the invitation now is the same as it has always been from the mouth of Jesus himself, our good and faithful older brother. Fields, in the middle of daily life, on the bus, in the taxi, on the way to work, in the middle of a Zoom conference, and you know those haven't ended yet. Do you guys go directly into breakout rooms, or do you normally pray first, or how does this normally work for? We can pray and then go into breakout rooms, whatever. Okay. Let me pray for us, and then yes, we'll, we'll dismiss into breakout, and I'll let you all handle that because I have no idea how that works, but uh, well, some idea, but I'll let you do that. Let's pray. It's hard just to be with you. Or, or talk with you. To rest in you. To yell and scream with you. us to be with you. So all we can ask right now is just to open us up to, to you. That we wouldn't hold back anything. We'd simply come to you and be.
In Jesus' strong name we pray. Amen.